What is going on everybody and welcome to a bonus holiday episode of Rock Video Rental. I am Brandon, with me as always is Caleb and we are going to dive right in. We are talking about the 1980 horror movie Christmas Evil. It is directed by Lewis Jackson. Uh, the plot is a toy factory worker mentally scarred as a child upon learning Santa Claus is not real suffers a nervous breakdown after being belittled at work and embarks on a yuletide killing spree. How's that for a plot? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nice and uh, twisted right there. Did you know this movie even existed before I mentioned it to you last week? Uh, no, I did <laughs> not. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if you mentioned it in passing at some point, but yeah, no, I didn't. I did not realize. Yeah, that's what I figured. It's kind of one of those movies that's decently known for like horror and slasher fans, but it's not like it's not the one that people talk about the most for like uh, Christmas horror. That would probably be either Black Christmas or Silent Night, Deadly Night. Yeah, I know I've heard you reference those two plenty of times before, so. Yeah, and this is one that I, the first time I saw it was like two or three years ago. Oh, okay. So I thought, I thought it'd be a fun one to talk about because it's, it's kind of an interesting movie. Um, so you got the cast for this. I just wrote down a couple of them because really it focuses around the character of Harry the most, and he's mm -hmm. played by, um, Brandon Maggart. Uh, then we got uh, Jeffrey DeMunn as Philip and Diane Hull as Jackie. Uh, there's a lot of kind of small characters that aren't really too essential to the story. Those are probably the main ones. Yeah, when we get to like, did you know or if you have any facts at the end, I came across some interesting things with some <laughs> some actors. So, okay, yeah, because I don't have a whole heck of a lot for this one for that so. okay now uh kind of to jump in here at the beginning mm -hmm. i um i got lost in a couple things uh and so at the beginning to talk about the plot with this where uh harry is scarred as a child um about learning that santa isn't real mm-hmm can you help me for a second? Because at the beginning, there were the two boys. <laughs> yeah. And they're with their mom and they watch like Santa show up at the house. Well, yeah. But then they're in, the part that kind of mixes me up is a little bit is they're in bed. And one of the boys in bed said, no, you're wrong. Santa's real. Mm -hmm. and then the other one's like no no he's not and then the one who is claiming that santa's not real is the one that went downstairs wasn't he um because that's why i thought because <laughs> i i was really confused because i thought that he didn't believe santa was real and then he went downstairs and then he had that scar moment of realizing santa's not real yeah so maybe that's a good i question got some because both boys are really similar looking yeah, and maybe, I think this might be the third time I've seen this movie. Okay, I could have gotten mixed up because, uh, as you said, that was what I was going to get to. Is like both kids kind of look the same, so maybe I just got them confused. 
Yeah, because I'm, I believe it's the one that says that he's real. Okay. Yeah, because that one made... that discovers that he isn't because he goes down and then he sees like Santa fooling around with his mom, <laughs> and it's yeah. act- Santa's actually his dad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, kind of a the first time I saw this movie, I'm like, what in the heck is going on? Like, I don't think I've ever wanted to see Santa in any form of sexual role play. <laughs> <laughs> Because that's basically what happens. And then the boy ends up cutting himself with a shard from a snow globe. Yeah. Because of reasons. Um, and now it's like flash forward until now. Where we get Harry. He works for a toy company. And basically he's just kind of like. He's a nobody. Kinda? Pretty much. Yeah. Like the guys that he works with just kind of take advantage of him. For caring about his job so much, and they're like, "Oh, could you take over for me and all this stuff, cover my shift?" And then he finds out like the guy that he covers a shift for is just out drinking and having a good time. Yeah. Yeah. While you know Harry is working like a sixteen-hour shift or something ridiculous. <laughs> uh. Now then, so, too, there was the creepy part like the little segment right before it was right before that maybe right after where he's like watching the neighborhood kids yeah basically he's spying on kids and super creepy yeah and he's got like a list of everything they're doing basically and he's got like a list of the kids in the neighborhood and you know he puts them down as naughty or nice yeah i honestly like not not to go too far with it but i didn't know anything with this movie obviously other than it's not a happy christmas story (laughs) (laughs) right and so i wasn't sure if he was going to start like killing tormenting kids oh my gosh because dude like it was super creepy there at the beginning man yeah it's it's a little unnerving that there's one kid named moss garcia (laughs) yeah that he has a lot of disdain for because the kid's basically a, a turd. Yeah, and a uh, pervert. We, yeah, and he watches him and he's like, kids cutting naked pictures out of magazines and stuff. And he just talks back to his parents and everything. And, uh, we had a couple scenes where he's just like showing his dislike for Moss Garcia. I mean, what do you expect when you name your kid Moss? <laughs> right. <laughs> Good thing his last name wasn't Moss. Moss, Moss. Moss, Moss. Uh, so, you know, all this is kind of taking a toll on him. You know, covering a shift for that douchebag. And then uh, he calls his brother and he, he lets him know that he's not going to come for Thanksgiving dinner. Because uh, he was too busy watching the parade. Yeah, and like his younger, his it's his younger brother Phil. He is like annoyed by Harry's like strange behavior, mm-hmm. and you know he just and he gets a feeling like he's acting weird, and like why can't he just be normal? I've always wanted an older brother who was just normal and like you know someone I could look up to, kind of thing. Yeah, he made several comments throughout the movie about, like, I had to step up and 
essentially be the older sibling. Yeah. So. Um. Yeah, so we get to see like a little bit of that between those two. Um. You know, and as the movie goes on, he's like assembling a Santa suit. Mm. Um, you know, you mentioned the spying on the kids and a, putting together a naughty and nice list. And the dollhouse. Yeah, and a dollhouse. Um then he goes like to a work Christmas party. And they're talking about like this new thing they have going for the company where uh Jolly Dreams Toy Factory is where he works. Oh yeah, I forgot to mention that earlier. <laughs> and they make like the crappiest toys ever. Which are just like, here's a blue plastic airplane. And I it's like, like that kind of plastic that like if you bent it slightly, it would snap in half. Yeah, I feel like they would be crappy toys for like the 1800s. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh gosh. Uh, it's that kind of crap that you'd find at the dollar store. Hey, that you're like, who dollar store is good for uh, stocking stuffers. Yeah, that that's true. <laughs> but no, I know exactly what you mean, though. The dollar store is good for my three year old daughter who likes to go on shopping sprees. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. But, yeah, that's about it. Um, and he's irritated because he doesn't like the way it's set up, and he thinks that you know all the kids, it should be set up where every kid at this um. Was it like a mental hospital for uh, children? An orphanage? A what? mental orphanage? or Well, because yeah. there was that commercial with that guy, that reporter, where he's talking about... He, didn't he call it like a home for retarded children or something like oh, that? And yes. I was like, okay. Yeah, he, dro- he dropped that and I was like, oh, well, that definitely ages this movie. Yeah. <sighs> it's like, all right, that's a thing. And so Harry's mad because the company is not going to make sure that every kid gets a toy. It's basically set up to get like more people to shop and buy from the company. Mm-hmm. That's the way I took it. And that just angers them. Um, and now it's kind of built up to, you know, Christmas Eve, where he takes a whole bunch of toys from the, from the um, factory Loads him up, puts a Santa suit on, paints up his van. He's got this white conversion, you know, rape van. Yeah, the creeper candy van. <laughs> yeah, where he paints like a Santa sleigh on it. And he takes like all these toys to this hospital that they talked about. And so he can like make sure that every kid gets a toy. So it starts off like decent like that but then it goes on like he's going down the street and um he comes across like this midnight mass yeah and like these people are just like these people are just like giving him a hard time like instantly like how how big a douchebags do you have to be to like talk crap about a santa like a guy walking around dressed as santa on christmas eve like right (laughs) But then he like was he specifically there though looking for those two guys from work? I think. I believe so. Because yeah, there were the two guys that he was talking to about the orphanage project. Yeah. Um, and I, I felt like he was looking for them because they were in the back of the crowd, 
and he was i it seemed like he was waiting for them but then those hecklers came up to him yeah uh, a little bit before that he leaves a bag full of dirt for moss garcia <laughs> <laughs> see that was the thing like when that started happening it was like oh dude did he like kill the kid and put him in the bag or <laughs> like are they not showing everything that happened yeah well because they, there's a scene where he's like shoveling dirt into this bag I'm like okay <sighs> like because he that's because i when i first saw this i thought like you know just like you did did he kill someone and he put him in a bag and he's gonna bury it mm-hmm. um so he gives that to moss garcia and then in the midnight mass like these guys are like heckling him making fun of him and everything and he pulls out like this metal soldier and with the bayonet on the toy soldier's gun he stabs a guy in the eye with it oh and then he hacks another dude up with a hatchet weren't there three people on the ground yeah um, yeah i think so two everybody's were like the going hatchet. nuts and everything and now like um they're on the lookout for like someone dressed as santa killing people <laughs> Uh, and then you know while he's like walking off from the midnight mass he comes across like a christmas party and he's dancing and having a good time and uh and then another creepy kid moment yeah (laughs) like he he tells him he has this moment right before he leaves where he's just like hey make sure you're on the good list because if you're on the bad list then you're gonna get something bad yeah and that's putting it mildly, and it was super creepy once again. <laughs> yeah, always very like intense. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so then he breaks into Frank's house, and Frank is the guy that had Harry cover for him at work. Um, and he tries to go down the chimney. Oh my gosh! Yeah, that part. And they spent like probably three minutes showing him trying to go down, and he just gets pissed off, and he can't do it. So he breaks into the house, um, and he ends up killing Frank with a with a sack of presents and a Christmas tree star that he slits his throat with. Yeah, and then he leaves toys behind for Frank's kids. Okay, well now that was some I was just gonna get to and ask is just like okay, is he leaving good toys or is he leaving like broken toys or something like? I was kind of confused about that part because wait, was that the only house that he did that with? I thought there was another house they left present at. No, that was just the orphanage, I guess. I don't know. I was really kind of confused by like what that whole thing was with him leaving stuff. Well, because it's right after that that he goes back to um, Jolly Dreams and he like activates the assembly lines and it breaks all the toys. Yeah, because he because he sees him as subpar. Mm-hmm. Um, it he tries to like everybody knows who he is now. He has like a standoff with like these people. Like this guy like knows who he's like. No, he's the guy, and he pulls a switchblade out. And he's like, I'm gonna take him out, and Harry ends up getting away. His van gets like stuck in the snow, and then like in like a frankenstein movie like all these villagers come after him with torches and stuff <laughs> yeah it was like it was like instant too and i was just like wow i didn't realize people had torches just like ready to go yeah it's like they, they should have had pitchforks too so then we get like 
some of the coolest visuals of this movie where he's like running from him and they're coming after him with torches. And that was one of the things I remember seeing from this movie before I saw it was a guy running around dressed like Santa Claus and they're chasing him with torches. Um, and he ends up uh, making it to his brother's house. And then, you know, his brother, like, realizes the whole time, like, oh my gosh, it was you. He's like, I knew, I had a feeling it was you that was doing all this. You know, you're like the Santa killer. And Harry, like, wants to see the kids. And he's like, um, no, you're not going to see my kids. Like, <laughs> you know, because you're rolling around killing people, you, psych- you psychopath. And he ends up, like, choking Harry out and punches him. And he throws him back in his van. And um, Harry comes to, and then he takes off, and Phil's like chasing after him, like, no, Harry, like, what the heck are you doing? And uh, we get probably the one of the most memorable scenes in the movie is the ending here, where Harry comes to like a bridge and he drives off it, and Phil like falls down this embankment and he watches Harry. And they show Harry, like, all of a sudden his van takes off into the sky and floats in the air, and then that's the end of the movie. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. I've seen a lot of talk about the ending. Like, it's one of those things that when you watch it, you think about it, you're like, what just happened? And then it's like, did did he actually fly? Or is it like his you know, his daydream or whatever, like he believes that he took off, but actually he just crashed and burned. Oh, he totally crashed and burned. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I've, I've heard people like make arguments for both. So it's, it's kind of a interesting talking point, I guess. Um, <laughs> Dude, this movie would just by itself be an interesting talking point. <laughs> yeah. Not, for not sure. just the ending. The That's why I, I, I was thinking about it coming up. And, um, I've heard other podcasts and like YouTube channels and stuff talk about this movie. And I'm like, you know, I made Caleb watch all Halloween. I should make him watch a Christmas slasher movie. I was like, I feel like Christmas evil is the most interesting. Out of the bunch. Uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, not what I expected. So <laughs> exactly me either. And like, I heard people talk crap about this movie a lot. So I didn't really get around to watching it until, you know, a few years ago, and then I watched it, and I'm like, wow, this is, like, actually better than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. And it's very different. It's it's more of, like, a character study movie. Kind of mm-hmm. like Taxi Driver. Yeah. Have you ever seen Taxi Driver? Uh, not, not just bits and pieces. I've been meaning to actually watch, but I'm familiar with Taxi Driver. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, no, it was, it was interesting because I was watching it, and I mean, it is, like, uh what was it like independent you know uh movie so not a huge budget and it was low quality so it was kind of tough to see some details in the video but uh while it was going i was just like you know this is like more thought out than most things yeah yeah it's not your like run of the mill cookie cutter slasher movie that was made to capitalize off of Halloween. Yeah. And like it's, uh, it's more about this man's like slow descent into madness. 
mm-hmm. than it and, is about a guy like a vengeful guy racking up a body count. Yeah, and it's uh, interesting because the um, I I kind of took special note of the times that they were you know kind of building momentum with his madness, and I think. I don't know if I would say the most impactful or the one of the most well done um, segments of that when he was uh, slowly losing it. Mm-hmm. But when he puts on the Santa outfit and put on the beard and he got it stuck, um, he was trying to pull it off. Yeah, then he's laughing about it. Yeah, that was. Uh, I mean, that was that was well done. Like mm-hmm. good acting, good good setup um by the filmography and everything so that was probably one of the more impressive segments of the movie yeah and i mean the whole seed where he's up and trying to go down the chimney is long and drawn out but at the same time like it's i don't it it adds a little something to the story where he's like trying to take it the full way and he's incredibly frustrated that he can't fit down the chimney Mm-hmm. And it's just, you know, that kind of goes with his madness as well. Well, p- part of the madness thing I was getting a little confused about because, okay, so he, he grew up believing in Santa Claus and then he found out Santa Claus wasn't real, but then he was infatuated with Santa Claus and, you know, wanted to see the parade and things like that. Mm-hmm. But then he wanted to become Santa Claus and he wanted kids to believe in him. Yeah. So it was like, I don't know. It was just kind of like an interesting path of, I don't know. I I mean, I'm not sure exactly what I'm trying to make sense of. Like I, I wasn't sure if it would have made more sense to have him grow up. And he was trying to tell the truth to kids. I'm being like, Santa isn't real or some things like that. Um, But I don't know. It was just kind of interesting. I think it was the thing that was just interesting was his infatuation with Santa on top of him kind of like transforming into him. Yeah. Because if he was thinking that he was really Santa and kids should believe in him, then I feel like he would view other Santas as a threat kind of. Right. So I know that's probably deeper than they intended, but that that thought (laughs) did pop into my mind. Uh, There's another like few scenes too that kind of go along with his madness like he's constantly humming christmas songs mm-hmm. and there's a part where he's like getting really frustrated and he's like aggressively humming santa claus is coming to town that <laughs> <laughs> was like it's kind of dumb at the, and at the same time kind of like creepy because you could see him like struggling with his thoughts and everything you know yeah well another uh a couple other scenes that stood out to me one was uh another time when he was humming and he was at his house and there was that whole doll setup that we were talking about and he had one of the dolls and he just started squeezing it harder and harder Mm -hmm. uh so there was that one as well and oh shoot what was the other one there was i can give you a line that kind of made me laugh because it was so bad There was a part where Phil and his wife were talking about what the kids want for Christmas. And she's like, 
I can't remember the kids' names, but she's like, he he needs a typewriter. And like Phil looks at her and he's like, What? And she's like, Well, he is precocious. <laughs> what? Yeah. Cause people drop that all the time. Oh yeah. Oh, well he's man. precocious. Man, there was another one with like uh work where he was kind of losing it. I can't remember now, but maybe he's standing there like assembling the toys. When he's covering uh, that guy's shift and he can he's just like so worn out. Yeah. Oh no. Uh yes, that happened. Uh so that was another good job of them, you know, piling on the insanity. Um, but the one too that again made me kind of be like, okay, is this dude gonna just start killing kids? Um, when he was creeping on Moss Garcia and he did that weird thing with putting mud on him and putting a face imprint on his wall. Yeah, I'm not sure what that was about. I was like, okay, is he marking this house like, dude, I'm going to come back and kill you? Or what? <laughs> what is going on? <laughs> right. I love when he's walking to work, too, and he's like shouting to the kids across the street, like, what do you want for Christmas? And Moss Garcia is like, a subscription to Penthouse Magazine. And he's just kind of like, oh, Moss Garcia. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it, Moss. <laughs> One thing, uh, also, I don't know if you took notice of it, but, um, I mean, maybe it wasn't fully intended, but the longer he was in the suit, the more older and disheveled he started to look like they kind of started making his eyes look darker. And, Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, that's, I felt like they were doing that to, um, drive home the whole like unhealthy unstable mental look yeah yeah that's a good observation yeah because you know the suit gets rougher and rougher as well mm-hmm. and um did you notice there's this the scene where his at the end where his brother rolls down that embankment some of the fake snow stuck to him and rolled him up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did see that. I love that it just kept that shot, didn't try to redo it. <laughs> it probably, I, I, I saw that and I was just like, you know what? It probably got so messed up that they were just like, we're not going to fix that. Let's just do it. <laughs> that or it just happened like so many times. It's like, whatever, just roll with it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh. So, yeah, I mean, the acting is pretty decent in it, surprisingly. Um, yeah, there were definitely... Brandon Maggart does a good job as Harry, I thought. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. He he definitely um did the best. And, uh, you know, he's, he's an A performance, you know, in that A range. Mm-hmm. A lot of everybody else was kind of like in that B, maybe high B plus range. Yeah. Um. And so you had some people drop off, but they weren't, you know, huge main characters. So I agree with you. Surprisingly, uh, everybody did quite well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would agree. Um, The dialogue is a little rough in some spots. You know, I mentioned the, he wants a typewriter. He's precocious. (laughs) Just like a really bizarre line that you would never hear in real life. Mm -hmm. Um. 
yeah i mean it's not it's not a perfect movie it's it's got some goofy things like that um it does have some dull moments that drag a little bit for a movie that's only like what like an hour and 20 minutes yeah uh yeah maybe a max an hour and 40 maybe yeah something like that it's technically i think it's an hour and 32 minutes but uh, so you're saying i was closer than you were yeah pretty much shut up <laughs> um and then like the soundtrack you get a ozanin's a christmas music <laughs> yeah that uh that did stand out to me where they were doing a a decent job at you know doing the holiday feel but also creepy some of it oh man and i missed it i can't remember exactly what some of it was uh a little poorly executed and part of it may have been uh i think it was a little loud yeah compared to other things going on well some of it was loud and then other things are like quiet mm-hmm. it was a little up and down because there was a part where he's like covering that shift for that guy and you can hear the winner is a mar- marshmallow world yeah song in the background but it's so faint you can barely make it out mm-hmm. and like i understand it's probably supposed to be on at the factory he's working at but at the same time it's like why even have it in the movie if you can't make out hardly what it is yeah it's interesting i think this is the first time in a movie that we really talked about the audio quality <laughs> audio quality yeah i mean it kind of goes with the um the time and the independent the, film and, yeah and the budget and everything yeah um also we did watch this on youtube True. because the copy that that what was on our plex was it had like commentary <laughs> mm-hmm. which that's been fixed now by the way so if you ever wanted to go back and watch it you could <laughs> all right sweet uh, i'd be interested to hear what the commentary is so i might go back and just listen to the commentary yeah well i mentioned to you that i started watching it and like the guy was doing the commentary and i kind of skipped around a little bit just to make sure i wasn't missing something it yeah. was it was kind of interesting i mean because obviously they go in depth about stuff and he was talking about the low budget and he had some specific things about how they use the toy factory and stuff. It, it did seem pretty interesting. So yeah, it was from Pressman hmm. Pressman toys, but um, <clears throat> I guess I can get into the trivia and stuff. I don't really have too much of it, so I'll give what I've got. And then you said you had some interesting things to talk about. <laughs> yeah. A couple uh, actors to talk about. So, all the fake snow in the movie was actually cut up pieces of plastic bags that were blown around by a fan. (laughs) Oh, it Um, was pretty effective. Yeah. So, the the director, Lewis Jackson, came up with the basic idea for this movie after he smoked weed one night during the 70s, (laughs) and he had a vision of Santa holding a knife. (laughs) Okay. Right? Uh, The character of the reporter, Ricardo Bama was done as a caricature of Geraldo Rivera who at the time of the film like hadn't become a national celebrity yet and was just mainly known by East Coast people nice yeah so there was three Santa suits that were used for the film and two of them were actually stolen early in the production what? <laughs> yeah so uh, Kathleen Turner was turned down the role of Jackie 
which is um Harry's sister-in-law. Hmm. Yeah. Uh when Harry slips in the street when he's running from the mob, that was it that wasn't supposed to happen like the actor actually fell and Lewis Jackson just left it in the film. Yeah, I felt that worked pretty good. Yeah. So the actor Brandon Maggart who plays Harry is actually um Fiona Apple's dad. Huh. The ninety the nineties alternative pop star, I guess. She wasn't really pop, but alternative rock star. <laughs> uh so this movie marks the debut of Patricia Richardson. She plays Mrs. Garcia. Uh if the name isn't familiar to you, she is the mom from Home Improvement. Huh. Yeah. So Detective Gleason is played by Raymond J. Barry. He was Dewey Cox's dad from Walk Hard. <laughs> Wait, well, who's the actor's name? Uh Raymond J. Barry. Okay. Yeah, he's he's on my list. I had some some things to talk about with him. It's I always talk about Walk Hard on the show, so I have to bring that up. Yeah. Uh, so Mark Margolis, you probably got this one, is in this movie. He um plays a guy at a party who is like an accoster of Harry. Um, he is actually he plays the man that communicates with the bell on Breaking Bad. Mm-hmm. And he I, he has a lot of other small roles, uh, notably Ace Ventura. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, so this is one of um, John Waters' favorite movies, and he always like suggests it to people to watch on Christmas. He's it's, it's he's been he's gone on record to say it's one of his favorite Christmas movies. <laughs> <laughs> but um, and then the last thing I got is that this movie had an eight hundred and fifty thousand dollar budget. I couldn't find the box office information anywhere. Hmm. But yeah, eight hundred fifty thousand dollar budget for it. That seems kind of high. Yeah, that's what I thought. Um, so yeah, that's all I got for this. What did you have? Uh, well, I definitely had uh Mark uh Magolis and Raymond Barry down. Uh, I I recognized Raymond Barry in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and I the movie that I pinpointed him for was cool runnings. <laughs> okay. So, uh, but he's uh, it, it's just interesting to me because there are uh, those are definitely, in my opinion, the two actors that have probably the biggest careers coming out of the, uh, coming from this movie. Mm-hmm. So just that there's um, multiple, well, relatively well-known actors that were in this movie um, but then uh, another one that I just thought was interesting because it's so fitting is that um, Robert Lesser was, uh, where was it? I think he was a detective. Where'd you go, Robert Lesser? When you started off saying Robert, L- I was like, Loja? <laughs> <laughs> Robert Loja. Uh, yeah, so he was a detective. There we go. I was right. Um, he uh, He has a tie to the movie series that we're going through right now <laughs> die hard yeah he was in the original die hard right he was a um businessman at the party i believe he's just listed as businessman 
Nice. He was in Die Hard, and then he was also in one of your favorite movies that we have reviewed on this show. Oscar? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> he, would, he was also in Sylvester Stallone's Oscar. Oh, man, it's hilarious. And he was, uh, he was an officer in that movie, so nice. I thought that was uh, well worth mentioning. <laughs> Oh gosh. Yeah, I like to try to like anytime I notice someone that's been in a movie that we've already talked about, I always like to mention it. <laughs> yeah. But that's yeah. all I got. Rock. So let's get into grades. Um I pulled from the normal sources. What do you think those are? I am to be rotten tomatoes. Oh man. Um IMDB, let's go with like uh I'm going to go with a 5.0. It's a 5.6. Okay. Um, and then the uh, critic for Rotten Tomatoes, let's go 40%. 75. What? I was shocked. What? I thought it'd be the other way around because the audience is lower. Huh. And quite uh, a bit lower. Audience fifty two percent. Thirty three. Whoa. Yeah. That is. This is one of the weirdest ones. I know it's it's really backwards. Hmm. Um. You want to give your grade? Or you want me to go? I'll let you go first this time. Okay. Uh. Yeah. Like I said, this is probably the third time I've watched it. Um. Memorable movie. I did not expect this movie. I was expecting it to be just you know i thought he was like some evil being or something like that you know because it's called christmas evil yeah i thought he was like some evil being pretending to be santa or like either that or you know santa in this world is evil and goes around and like kills kids or something like you thought Mm. um the fact that it was like a character study and a man dealing with mental illness like blew my mind because like, wow, this movie's way deeper than I originally thought it was. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I was pleasantly surprised. Uh, all the acting's really solid. There's not an overabundance of characters. There's not way too many kills. Uh, it does have a couple memorable kills in it. You know, the soldier to the eye slitting the ass throat, with the star of the tree. <laughs> and just like the overall creepiness of this. Uh, and it's one of those movies too that you can pick up on little things with repeat viewings. So I would say it's above average slasher movie. Um, and I don't even know if it's fully considered a slasher. Just be, I think it's really more of a character study movie. You know, along the lines of I mentioned like Taxi Driver. Where it's just one man's dive into madness. Um, I don't know. It's it's a really interesting movie. That's why I wanted to talk about it because I thought you would have some a unique experience with it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just because you know you haven't seen as many horror movies as me, and it's just this one's kind of a curveball. Um, I don't know. Like it's not my favorite. I do. I have watched it the last three years, so it's kind of almost become a tradition to at least watch it once a year. Like christmas time so you know it's it's not my favorite christmas horror movie that's 
still Black Christmas, which we'll probably have to talk about sometime because that's an interesting one too. But um, I do like it, so I'll, I'll give it a 3.5 out of 5 because it does have some flaws. And it is a little bit slow at times for a movie that's only an hour and a half long. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I... um. I it definitely talking about curveball. Um, it's it's no sleepaway camp. No, but uh, <laughs> definitely um, if you don't know what you're getting into when you watch it, it definitely is a unique experience. I was actually, I mean, I, I wanted to approach it for what it was because, like, not only is it a unique christmas horror movie it's also from 1980 um Mm -hmm. so it's not going to be flashy it's not going to be glamorous it's also independent with not the biggest budget so there were definitely going to be limitations um it definitely had some uh some of its shortcomings like we talked about some of the audio issues the filmography was a little bit um limited and uh the clarity in some of the shots wasn't exactly the best like lighting and things like that yeah um but you know i mean that's that's kind of what you're going to get in a situation like this but honestly with the unique approach and everything and especially this coming from the 80s with uh the subject matter that you mentioned about the the character study and the dive into madness it it is unique and I like giving it credit for what it's doing. And even though I'm not well versed in the uh, in this genre as you are, especially around the uh, the Christmas movies, uh, I just think that it was a um, strong move on their part. Mm-hmm. I think would be a good way to put it. So I was, even though there were definitely times where I was kind of like sitting there and like, all right, it's a short movie, but there are some slow parts that are a little bit struggling. Um, I focused on, I tried to focus more on the things that were successful and um, some people might kind of gloss over it because some of the more successful parts were the more uncomfortable parts. Mm -hmm. And so some people might just be more bothered by it than accepting it for what it is, which is it's supposed to make you feel uncomfortable. So I actually, uh, I was a little surprised when you gave your score because I'm actually going to give it a little bit better score and I'm going to give it a four out of five rock. Uh, so congr- uh, congratulations on uh, dropping a movie that impressed me more than. It <laughs> <you>. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of funny. Uh, I didn't mention this earlier, but this movie had a couple different titles. Oh yeah, that because would be Christmas Christmas Evil is such a strong title, I guess. Like yeah. it's almost like a it was almost like a no brainer. Like I feel like they probably gave it the original title and then switched it to Christmas Evil. They're like, oh, it's so good, we got to use that. <laughs> so it was originally called You Better Watch Out. Uh, yeah, no, that's, that's not as good that you better watch out definitely has more of a, uh, like horror stalker killer. Yeah. And it was also, this movie is also known as terror in Toyland, which not that good. Yeah. I thought, um, potentially one would be Christmas madness. Yeah. I feel like that would kind of be a little bit of a fitting 
uh, title because it's not so slasher um, driven. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, that's that's interesting. I, I do think between those, all that you mentioned and everything, the original title is the strongest. So. Oh, well, the original title was You Better Watch Out. Oh, I'm sorry. Not the original. Yeah. I mean, the, Christmas the actual Evil. title. Yeah, the yeah. actual title. That's what I meant. So. Yeah, it was originally You Better Watch Out, and then it changed to Christmas Evil. Yeah. I uh, When you told me about what the movie was, I was fully expecting the the cover for the movie to be Christmas Eve, and then somebody with like a red bloodline crossing out the e <laughs> the second e and then, then putting il <laughs> that's that's like uh this the title screen for silent night deadly night <laughs> yeah i probably i probably seen that then somewhere oh gosh um yeah this movie has been released a few times too on dvd and blu-ray and it's had a vinegar syndrome release which is usually like decent quality cult movies. Hmm. So, and there is an uncut version of this as well. Okay. Which I believe I might have saw. It's it's only like eight extra minutes of footage. But nice. I think that's the one I saw on Shutter the first time I saw this movie. Do you know how um how people feel about this movie that were in it? Um, like I, I wonder how like the main guy Brandon Maggart kind of feels like if he enjoyed it or if he doesn't care about the attention the movie gets I don't know I know that the director um loves that it's getting a lot more attention especially lately yeah as, as a cult movie um I don't know interesting I'd have to look into that. But yeah, I guess maybe next year we'll have to do another random <laughs> Christmas horror theme movie. I, I feel like Black Christmas is one you're going to have to watch. Yeah, I, I mean... Is it I've, predates Halloween. I've heard people talk about it uh, outside of it yourself, so it, it does seem like quite the popular one that I'd have to get around to sometime. Yeah, and I mean, the tagline for that one was, if this movie doesn't make your skin crawl, then it's on too tight. <laughs> so, yeah, it's got some really unnerving moments in it, too. <laughs> but, yeah, there's no killer Santa in it like this. Rock. But, yeah, so that is all we have. Um, we'll be back with our regular scheduled episode continuing on with the Die Hard series. So hope you guys enjoyed this little bonus episode and until next time as always be kind and rewind.